My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, I, I really love this place. Um, many things I love about this. One of them is just, you know, the, the people that are up here are, are leading. We don't pay them. You know, they're not professional musicians or anything like that. They, 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 they're, they're, they're normal. <laughs> they're like, like, like you and me. And yet, yet they, they use what talents that they have. I want to say what little talents they have, what great talents that they have, and, and they help people like you and me connect with God in a deeper way. Isn't that cool? Isn't that great? They just, you know, students and, and college kids and moms, and, and, and they just say, hey, you know, we're going to do what we can do. And because of that, we can have a closer connection with God. Um, and so I think that's just an awesome, awesome thing. And I thank them, and, and I thank you guys for being um, part of this whole deal. Yeah, so, yeah thank you. One of the things that we, uh, we I hold to here at Mariners Church is if, if we can't um, help people, God's not going to bring them. You know, it just kind of makes sense to me that if we can't minister to a particular person, why would God bring them here? And I also feel like if we can't seat them, why would God bring them? You know, if we can't find a place to sit. And and what we're doing is, believe it or not, this room is getting close to full. I know you're looking around and seeing some chairs, you know, they're empty, but but the first service was even more full than this. And we're trying to look for see some alternative seating uh, for people. And you know what it's like to buy and build on the coast side? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't happen. Um, and so we're having an upstairs. What we're going to do is we're going to begin um, in the, at the end of this year, we're going to actually open up what we're calling the loft upstairs. We kind of did it before. We're going to be doing it again. These are some prototypes of our logos uh, for the loft and what it's going to be like. But what we're doing is some construction, making some entryways there. And upstairs there will be during this service or whichever service is the most full, um, there's going to be probably different little coffee set up there, and you can sit around at tables and talk to other people and, and connect with them there. And once the worship starts, they'll come on in, and there'll be some screens, but there'll be a musician up there, hopefully to be able to be playing the guitar and kind of help you lead, and, and better chairs, you know, bigger, bigger chairs, you know, wider chairs, and, and just, just more relaxed type service. It's going to be what we'd say a whole different experience than what you're getting here. I mean, the same, but different, if you, if you know what I mean. So, so you go upstairs after the service and kind of check it out as we're, as we're kind of doing our walls and opening up doors and things like that. It'll be just a, t- a terrific opportunity. Um, the only thing I need to let you know is the tithing up there is 12%, not 10%, so, <laughs> but it's much more than worth it. Hey, now, th- this coming week is Thanksgiving. I mean, that's it. it it's, it's big. You know, the grocery stores are nuts, and, and, and it's crazy. And, and, of course, the centerpiece, the highlight of the whole Thanksgiving day is the what? Is the meal, right? It's, it's the big thing you put together. You know, you want to see uh, everything all put out and all that. And, and I was just thinking, as I was looking at that, I'm hungry, you know. Um, <laughs> Do any of you have a favorite part of, of Thanksgiving, of the meal? Any of you have, have, have the favorite part? How many of you, it's the turkey, it's the bird, it's the bird itself. Okay, we've got, we got meat people here. Um, how about sweet potatoes? Anybody sweet potatoes? Mashed potatoes? Yeah, potato people, okay. Stuffing? You've got stuffing people? Okay, wow, wonderful. Yeah, there you go. Pumpkin pie? Any, any of the, the pie, the desserts? Okay. Yeah, the cranberry sauce. How about all mashed together? How many of you just like to kind of stir it off all mashed together? I love that. They get it. Compact there, yeah, yeah. Well, um, um, you're going to hate me for this. <laughs> I did some calculations on some uh, caloric counting and exercise. Ah, hang on. <laughs> this is how much you're going to eat on Thanksgiving and how much exercise it will take to burn it off. How many of you don't want to hear this? How many of you don't want to hear it now? Okay. okay. If I eat a full Thanksgiving meal, you will have to either run for six hours and 37 minutes. <laughs> 
cycle for 98.1 miles, or jump rope for 4 hours and 41 minutes, or, yeah, God doesn't even like this number, so walk 44.5 miles. Isn't that great? Aren't you excited about that? Yeah, yeah. How many of you are now going to go vegetarian on Thanksgiving? Yeah, it's depressing, isn't it? Any of you like the late night turkey sandwich, you know, that you come over and you build the whole thing up? Yeah, if you do the late night turkey sandwich, you're going to have to run for another three hours and 22 minutes, so... Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Season's coming. I mean, the whole season is, is, is here full on. I heard my Chris, first Christmas song on the radio yesterday. Um, we're in a series that we are calling, kind of leading up through, the, well, actually going through this whole time, we're calling it Reasons for the Season. And we're calling it that because this season's kind of nutty and crazy, you know, and sometimes we lose perspective on why. And honestly, right now, as I'm talking, I, I, I understand you're probably kind of half here and kind of half also at Safeway or Trader Joe's. You're kind of half in your kitchen as well. You're trying to think through, let's see, what do I need? oh, yeah, i got to listen to Paul. What do I need to buy and what do I need to get and when can I get there and what, what can, when can I do it? You're thinking about the food and the decorating and the shopping and the traveling and, and all those kinds of things. I get it. I, I, I understand it. And sometimes I think about this whole season, you know, why, 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 you know, why God, why? Why would God allow a wonderful time of giving thanks and the birth of his son Jesus, the savior of the world, turn into something that is so absolutely nuts? You know, when you think about the first Thanksgiving, there wasn't much to it, okay? Um, We're talking about a few pilgrims and a few Native Americans that gathered together and gave thanks. And holy cow, what's it come into and turned into? And when you think about the first Christmas, we're talking about a few shepherds, you know, and we're talking about a few wise men and mother and, and, and the savior of the world, but it was a quiet night. And what in the world has gone wild with this whole thing? And you sometimes want to say, God, why'd you let it get so out of hand? I mean, why couldn't you just keep it small like it was? It is what it is, and there's not much we're going to do to change it, no matter how you try. But we can actually understand it, and we can actually find reasons for it, and actually take advantage of this craziness and this crazy time, and become different people. And serve God in a whole different new way. And so when I talk about reasons for the seasons, it's the, I think this is why the reasons that God allows us to go through this season. So that we can be the people he wants us to be in the world that he's called us to live in. Now last week we talked about is the season of giving. Seasons of giving. And, and I think, man, what a great excuse we have to give crazily. You know, and to give generously and to give randomly with all kinds of joy. We have a ready-made season that's just custom fit for giving. You know, we can just give. We can just give, give, give. You know, and, and it's like, wow, what a wonderful reminder that we have. We have a steering team. Our steering team is kind of like our, our leadership team that works with the staff and order support and encourage and, 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 and kind of help think through some stuff and management strategies and all kinds of stuff. And we had a meeting last Thursday night. And at the meeting Thursday night, I kind of wanted to kick it all off. And I said, what, what are some Thanksgiving traditions you have? What are some of your Thanksgiving traditions that you have in your household? And I'm thinking they're going to talk about, you know, they have special candle they burn or, you know, wear dumb pilgrim hats or something like that. I don't, I don't, I don't know, you know, something stupid like that. And, and, and it came to the first person and they said, well, our tradition is we open up our home 
to people who don't have family around and have no place to go. And I'm thinking, well, I can't share about my stupid pilgrim hats after that one, you know. But I thought, wow, that's awesome. In fact, a couple of them said, that's what we do. No, that's what we do. We look for people that don't have any place to go on Thanksgiving. And we make sure we have enough food for everybody and, and we invite them to come in. By the way, if you have no place to go, you know, they're saying, Paul, send people to us. We would love to open our home up to them. What an what a awesome time of actually giving to say our home is now open to you. Now, this week we're going to be talking about getting. And I think actually the reason for this season, one of the main reasons for this season is getting. And we'll talk about that. But let's, let's just ask God to give us a moment um, to... Let me pray. Father, thank you for these time that we have, and thank you for everything you do give, and um, give me my right words to share, and um, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when you look at that word getting, you're going to say, doesn't the Bible say it's better to what? Give than to receive. Even Jesus came up with that. I mean, even our Lord and Savior Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Yeah, it does. Jesus said it. I know it. But there's another angle on this that we're going to kind of take this morning. In the Bible book of James, in the New Testament, James says this. He talks about our generous God, our, our generous God. And actually, a better translation from the language that James wrote in, actually, he calls him the giving God. Not just our generous God, but he gives him a title. He says God is the giving God. We can just call him the giving God. In fact, a second later, James is going to say this. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He doesn't doesn't flit around or move from here to there. The Bible says this, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And again and again, you find out as you go through the Bible that he is the giving God. The title that James gave him is is good. He is the giving God. And he gives indescribable gifts. And if God gives indescribable gifts, I think it's okay for us to take and to say, this is a season I can, I can get. 420 times in the Bible, it will talk about God specifically giving. And if I'm going to cover all 420 this morning, we better get started huh, on this one. No, actually, we're going to look at a few of what we can get, what kinds of things we can get from the giving God. Now, I've got to cover this one because this one's important and it's one of the greatest gifts ever. I get peace in my relationship with God. You and I can have peace in our relationship, in our connection with God. Most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And then in Romans 5, it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God, and we have a connection with God, because of the faith we have in, 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 in Christ. Because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. There it is. I mean, that's how it all comes together. A lot of times people, man, you know, we, we talk about God or sometimes people will dance around the whole God issue. And it's because people sometimes are afraid of letting God look into their lives. 
I don't know if you've ever been that way or felt that way, but I'm kind of afraid to let God look into my life, people will say sometimes. Or when they talk about that you can have a connection and a relationship with God that's the deepest that you can actually experience and feel his love, people will say, all the things I've done in my life, I don't think I deserve it. I don't think I deserve that. And so sometimes consciously we just keep God a little bit at arm's length. And so there's kind of like this thing on, I just, I'm not close to God. Well, Jesus came to obliterate that and to bring us peace. How does he do it? Jesus' greatest gift to you was to take the penalty and the consequences of what you did wrong, what you did wrong on himself. And that's why we talk about Jesus so much here. God's son, God's provision. You deserve punishment. We all did. And Jesus, Jesus took it. On our behalf. He died for you. And that is the gift he wants to give you. New, new life. A forgiven life. Now Romans. This one's not in your, in your um, insert. And if you want to write it down. It's Romans 8, 31, 32. But listen to what it says. It says this. What else can we say about such wonderful things as these? I mean this is. If God did all this. What else can we say? It says if God is for us. Who could ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? I mean, won't God give us everything else? If he didn't even spare his son, don't you think he's going to give us everything? Second thing, and this kind of pertains, I get, I get, not only I get peace in living. Now that I have this connection, this relationship with God, I can have a peace in my life. Jesus said this, peace I leave with you, my peace I, here it is, give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. And I get peace that God who sent Jesus is so interested in in my life and involved in my life that he's working in it every day, every every single day. I was was thinking about that this, this week, and, and, um, I kind of think sometimes we ask God for too little. You know, I sometimes think that we ask God for way too little. And there's lots of reasons for that. I mean, I mean, one of the reasons is, believe it or not, some people will say, well, if I ask God for this and he doesn't provide, it kind of puts God on the spot, you know. If I ask him for this and he doesn't give me this, well, then God has failed. And I don't want God to be set up for failure, so I'm not, I'm not going to ask him for it. You, you know, have you ever thought that? Some people have lost that. God, if I ask you for this, he might screw it up. And, and then, then God's kind of on the hook for that. And I, I don't want to do that. Or, or sometimes people say, um, I, I really don't want to bother God or disappoint God with my stupid requests. And so I'm not going to expect much from God. You know, I'm not going to expect a whole, whole lot from God. And therefore we ask too little, way, way too, too little. I don't want God to be on the hook for something, and then he doesn't perform. And what are people going to say about that? So it's better I just simply not say anything at all. And I think we should ask for everything, everything, anything that's on your heart. Now, what we have to do is, or what we can do is, when we establish that relationship with God, we can now call him Father, Father. And a father provides good things. For his kids. There's a relationship that's implied there. And in that relationship, all of a sudden you have not only 
not only connection with God through Christ, but you have a God who's now looking out for your interests and helping you understand why he gives or why he doesn't give. I remember when I was a kid, um, growing up, we lived in Southern California. It was hot in Southern California. If you ever, if you ever lived there, you know how hot it can be. We didn't even have an air conditioning, you know. We, we just we didn't. And I wanted a pool, a pool, you know. If we can't have an air conditioning, can we at least have a pool, you know, or a fan? And if we don't have a fan, can we at least have a pool, you know? And I asked for a pool, I asked for a pool. And you know what the answer was every single time? Every single time was no, you know, no. I think they end up giving me a hose, you know. It's like, go hose yourself down. <laughs> I don't like that. That was my, that was my parents on that. Um, but we have to understand, he is a giving God. God knows what he's doing. And with the whole concept of Father, there's relationship that's, that's, that's part of that that he now understands what my needs really are, and he understands the best way to meet those particular needs, not with a hose, but with the fullness of his blessing and working in ways that I cannot see and cannot understand because it's relationship. It's no longer vending machine concept of God where, God, I ask, and I put in the right amount of money, and I've got to make sure I put in the right amount of money, and you'll provide. It, it's not that way. It's relationship now. God as, as, as Father... And so Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 7. He, he goes on and he says this. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, you give them a snake? Jesus said, of course not. No, no father does that. No parent does that. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father Give good gifts to those who ask him. There's an implied relationship we now have with God who will only give good gifts for us. And so it says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 16, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Third thing is I, I, get, I get joy in my life. Um, joy is a good word. We're going to talk about joy more in two weeks. We'll talk kind of about that's the reason for this season. But, but I, I question, how, how easy it is, it, have you ever found it, to be for something good to turn into something bad? For a day that's going well, all of a sudden to go sour, to go, you know, just, you know, go the other way. Um, I remember Thursday, Thursday here, a lot of rain. We had a lot of rain here in Half Bay, a whole bunch of rain. You know, it, it came down. And, and, and I had just, I've been sitting for way too long, and I just, I needed to get out and get some air. You know, but it's raining. You know, it's raining. You know, it's, it's really, it's really wet. And I thought, bummer, it's raining. I don't have an umbrella. You know, I didn't bring an umbrella. But then I remembered, you know, that you good people, sometimes when you come, you forget your umbrellas. <laughs> so I'll just rip one off, you know, I'll just take one of yours, you know, what the heck. And I thought, now, cool, you know, I went outside. And, you know, sometimes it's fun to walk in the rain. You know, it's, it's fun. And I thought, how cool it is. I'm out in the fresh air. I'm getting some exercise. It's in the rain. I've got someone's umbrella. And I'm walking with, and I'm not getting wet. I'm such a clever person to remember this umbrella. And I detoured around a puddle. But I ended up, as I was detouring around, stepping in a pedal, puddle I didn't see. And this one was a whole lot deeper than the one I was avoiding, like this much deeper, okay? And all of a sudden, you're, you know, you're kind of boink. And, and you feel it. You feel the water going, you know, coming right down into your shoe and your sock beginning to soak it, it, it all, all, all up. And I thought, man, little things can make good things turn into bad things really quick. 
can't they? Little things can make good things turn into bad things in just like that, in just a split second. And we get problems, and they compound, and joy, you know, just gets sucked out of you so quickly. And, and, and we have joy killers in our lives. I mean, we do. And, and, and you can categorize them if you want. Problems, people, and resentment. Okay, problems, people, and resentment. Problems, you have money problems or car problems or insurance problems or past issue problems, and they come back and get you. Or there's people problems. There are people who are bugging you, you know, and on Thursday they're all going to gather in your house, you know, and you know it, and you know how to, you know, some will say stuff that will drive you nuts. Or resentment. They will make comments on their wonderful vacation, you know, through all throughout Europe. They took the whole summer, and you realize, man, I my Get trip to to Madeira or someplace like that, you know. Um, but we have, remember, we have a giving God. In fact, that whole concept of the title of the giving God, James was writing about a very interesting topic, and the interesting topic he was talking about was the issue of trials. And he talks about God as a giving God, especially and particularly in the midst of our trials says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers. Joy, there it is, there's the joy. Consider it joy, my brothers, when? Whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Not lacking in anything. So I'll say if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask, where it is? Where is it? The giving God? who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. He gives us a way through the issues that we're going through. And therefore, I can have joy because of what God's doing. Last one, last one, as I get God's promises. Uh, I get all of God's promises, you know, all of them in, in, in God through Christ. Now, what's a promise? Is a promise something that's happened yet? No, promise is something that's going to happen yet. And when you get someone to promise you something, the strength of the whole deal is based on the person, isn't it? It's based on the strength of the person. A wild thing happened this week um, in our church family, um, um, and this one was a lot of fun, and I'm still kind of working through it in my, in my head. One of the things necessary in, in churches is... is Buildings and finance and budgets and all those kinds of things. You know, they're just part of it. I mean, there's the ministry part, which I love, you know, and, and people part and the connecting and helping them grow in faith in Christ, which is a wonderful part. But in order to make it happen, lots of other things have to kind of work in this whole whole deal. You understand it. It, it kind of has to run like an organization in that regard. It's just part of the whole thing. And we have mentioned the past several weeks that we're behind in giving to meet our budget. We have to put together a budget and kind of assume it's going to be this much and plan for it and see as, as, as the giving, you know, we, we don't get money from the outside as giving comes in to see if it, it meets it. And, and we have been mentioning that we're in the red, you know, for this year, you know, coming up. And, and, and you know, we're trusting God. You know, God's, God's good and we'll trust him for, for everything. And, and um, you may have felt this in your home or even in your business that when financially things are tight or behind, there's a little bit of stress. Isn't there? You ever, ever, ever feel that way? You know, it's like, oh, I feel a little stressed about this right now. And, and, you know, even though things could be going well, there's just a little bit of tightness. And so I was, I was kind of feeling that. A couple of weeks ago, one of the other things our steering team does is we gather several times a year to pray. Specifically, we just pray. We pray for the ministry of the church. We pray for outreach. We pray for people on the coast side. We pray for you guys, 
you know, we just pray. It's no business, no papers are signed, no checks are dealt with. We just, we just pray. And, and in the midst of that, we're saying, God, you know, we would love to have the resources, but we're trusting you no matter what. No matter what, God, we, we trust you. Tuesday morning, I, I got here real, real early um, in the morning, and, and I had to kind of get a start on, on the week. And um, I finally popped my head out of my office around 8.30, and, and some of the other staff members were kind of gathered um, around uh, one of the main offices. And, and, and they were talking, and I, you know, kind of, Wondered why they weren't working, but anyway, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> and, but they they were they were um, they were talking about a couple of gifts that we as a church had received um, last weekend. A couple of gifts that came together, and um, God had opened up a few people's hearts. And as we talked about last week, it says that they gave themselves to the Lord and to us. You know, and, and that's the that's the actually the the chemical compound of giving. You open yourself up to the Lord and then to other people and, and you will give. And um, um, they gave themselves to the Lord and to us and the combined offerings last week um, in this church family, and you were part of it, because I'm talking about the combined offerings of last week, were $278,000. Now, you've got you to understand, in one week, that was one-fourth of our budget. In one week. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And um, in, in my lifetime, you know, there have been several times my knees have gotten wobbly. That was one. You know, that was that was one to realize that. And 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 I I don't know who who it was because I never know who gives what here. I just I I, I need to stay completely clear of, of of that. So I I don't know who it 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 was. Um, I felt my knees shake, and, and we stopped and gave, you know, huge thanks to God for it. And again, you were part of it because I'm combining the whole, whole week's offering, and, and it was huge. And, and we stopped, thanked God, and I kind of floated now around the office for a while. And you remember the tension that, that, that you know, you kind of face when everything's in the red, and all of a sudden now it's in the black by a lot, you know, and kind of happy about that. And, and, I began to think, and again, this is kind of the whole deal that sometimes there's vernacular we use where we say, God showed up. Isn't that great that God showed up? God showed up. God showed up in a big, big way. Isn't that great? Have you ever felt that? God really showed up, you know, in, in, in this. And as I, as I was sat and I thought I was thinking about it, you know, and trying to catch my breath and, and all this, you know, God was just as much God before I heard that news. You know that? God was just as much God five minutes before as five minutes after. He was just as much real an hour before, and he was just as much real and good and giving when we were in the red. There's no difference in God. There's no shifting in his shadows. He doesn't change. He was just as good a God before I heard the news as after. And if that we finished this year in the red, he's just as good a God as he was if we, he helps us finish with twice as much as we need. James says, God never changes nor casts a shifting shadow. God doesn't change. Who changes? We do. In fact, a lot of times the shadows in life don't come from God. They come from me. I'm the one who gets in the way. And understand he was God five minutes before 
and I can trust him five minutes before the solution arrives. And so I can say confidently those things that you are struggling with, you might be five minutes away from your solution. Do you realize that? He is a God who says, who says to you, I am God. You may be five minutes away from your solution, and he's a good God. And you might be, you might be five weeks away from your solution. You know what? He's still a good God. You might be five years away from the solution. You know what? He's just as good a God. You may never get the solution that you would want. You know what? He's just as good a God because he doesn't change. He won't change and he can't change. And he's a father and he loves you and he cares about you. And as you interact with him in that connection and that relationship, he will begin to develop in you the heart that helps you understand his heart to you. And you'll realize, I see why this is going on. Your problems and issues don't have to deceive you about God. Don't ever let them deceive you about God, ever. He's a good God. You know, as we sang, he's a good, good father. It's just who he is. And I'm loved by him. That's who I am. The Bible says all of God's promises are fulfilled in Jesus. All of them. And I and I and I sometimes I just think about you know my life and you know, God has given me so much. If all He gave me was Jesus, if all He gave me was Jesus, it's more than enough. That's more than enough. Everything else is just Thanksgiving gravy. Okay, everything else is just gravy. And Jesus is the fulfillment of all of God's promises. And it also allows me access to this great God who's a good, good father. I'd like to ask the worship team to come up because I'm going to read just a few of the promises and a few of the ways that God reveals himself and his character in the Bible. And I'm going to read, and they're going to, I think they're going to be on the screen, and as they are, just sit back, just listen, you know, don't take notes, but just let the truth of how God reveals himself touch you and, and move you. Bible says this, to whom will you compare me? Who's my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. So why do you say, and here's where you can insert your name. Why do you say, Paul, and complain, Paul, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. It's saying, why, why do you do that? Why do you say that? Do you not know? Have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God? The creator, the ends of the earth. He'll not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. Increases the power of even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Soar on wings like eagles, they'll run, not grow weary. They'll walk and not be faint. Psalm 147, he heals the brokenhearted, binds up their wounds. 
Do not fear, for I'm with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. John says if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from every wrong. Peter says you can cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The Bible says, Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind, and therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Pray with me, would you? Father, thank you for your great and precious promises. Your promise to never leave or forsake your promise that your compassions will never fail. Your faithfulness is great. Father, there would be people here that maybe come here afraid. May you give them may you give them comfort, boldness, courage. Some that come here uncertain, may they have a certainty that you are the God who loves and the God who walks close beside. Father, we face a busy week ahead of us. Help us to have thanks for every single moment. Help us to receive gladly not just the beauty of this created place, but also your kindness and your goodness to us. May we receive everything from you that we can. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks, you guys, for coming. I'm glad that you're here today. If you want someone to pray for you, maybe you're burdened with something or you just want someone to sit with you and listen, great people over there in the prayer room. Make sure you make your way over there at the end if you want to talk more about a relationship with God through Christ. What does that even mean? Any of the people behind me will be happy to talk to you. I'd be glad to talk to you. I'll be hanging around out there. We're going to finish. We're going to pass around the buckets for the offering. If you want to try and match the gift, go for it. I don't have any problem with that. I'm just kidding. Thank you guys for giving, for loving, for being here, for being part of this church family. Let's stand finished with a final song. God bless. Love you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving.